Welcome to the Union Strong Podcast, where we tap into the CrossFit Union Square community to learn more about how some of the most high-performing people in New York City do what they do. This podcast is about you. It's about our community. And it's about sharing perspectives and ideas with each other from individuals that inspire us day in and day out. This episode, we linked up with Dave Vargas, a sports-focused massage therapist who owns a company called Momentum Sports Recovery, located in the heart of Brooklyn. Dave has been in the industry of health, fitness, and wellness for quite some time, and it's that time in that has helped him develop a large breadth of knowledge in the way of biomechanics and anatomy, therapeutic techniques, and so much more. Some of our athletes here at Union Square may recognize the name. Dave has helped many of our athletes reclaim lost ranges of motion, aided in injury recovery and prevention, and overall contributed to the well-being of our athletes. All right, let's dive in. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, so we're here with Dave Vargas out in Brooklyn. Hey, what's up, everybody? At Momentum Sports Recovery. And basically, a lot of us have been working with Dave this last couple of years, I think the last few years even, right? Yeah, for sure. Last four or five yeah. years we've kind of known At least, at the very least. And Dave, is a, you started as a LMT, licensed massage therapist. Yeah, and I know it probably goes way further back than that. It goes way further than that. Yeah, so for sure. That but, for me, like, yeah. I want to kind of understand the full story because you and I have talked a lot about it. For sure. But I think for everyone listening, there's just so much depth to the story. For sure. For you and like how you've evolved your practice and the way that you approach everything. And I mean, just being here today in this new space is yeah, kind of an incredible it's, thing it's, for it's me. It's pretty nutty. Yeah. And, and it's an incredible thing to see you just, you know, succeeding and doing what you do best. Yeah, yeah. So I think let's take it back and just kind of run through a little bit of your history, a little bit of the, th- you know, some of the stuff that got you to where we are right now. For on sure. Couch. So if, if I really have to start from like childhood, childhood. You can start as far All back right, as you so want. All right, so that's even, that's from, even better. from an hour ago when you did a session with me, okay. or you can start from Gotcha. So let, let, let's go. Let's go way back. So uh, I was born with underdeveloped lungs. So uh, as a result, growing up, I couldn't really do a lot of things that the other kids were doing. Mm-hmm. So like uh, running was not an option. A lot of the like physical education stuff really wasn't an option. And it wasn't until I got into junior high school where uh, I got into this advanced place from junior high school. And one of the caveats was that I had to be part of the orchestra there. And uh, the band leader at the time gave me a trumpet to play. And I'm like, are you serious? I can't do this. Like, I can't even breathe. And he was like, you know, play the trumpet. If you die, I'll put you in percussion. So, uh, if you die, you die. <laughs> exactly. If he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. So I uh, ended up developing my lung strength through playing the trumpet, which is the one thing that all the doctors that I'd seen at the time, nobody was like. Everybody was like, don't do anything. Like, just live, breathe, eat some stuff, and then die a long way. Hopefully. You'll make it. You'll make it, kid. <laughs> So that happened, uh, and uh, I want to say the summer between 7th and 8th grade, I was like, you know what? Let me cut all the fat sweets out of my diet because I was, like, obese at the time. Did that, came back, went to a high school that was nowhere near where I grew up, so kind of reinvent myself. And uh, at that point, I can run, do all the things I wanted to do. So joined a wrestling team, which really kind of, like, put everything into perspective. But up until that point, uh, just leading into that, I always found it interesting, even as a kid, being that I couldn't do a lot of things, being mm-hmm. on the sidelines, watching other kids move, like seeing how people move differently. And uh, some people were faster, some people were shorter, and just like limb lamps and stuff like that. So I think that really set the stage, just being an observer of humanity first. Yeah. For later on, uh, just like doing the body mecha- biomechanical stuff that I do now. 
but uh, met a really awesome uh, teacher in high school, Miss Caduto. Shout out to Miss Caduto and FDR. Go Cougars. It's amazing you still remember that. Oh, well, she's one of the people that really changed my life. Because you were rattling names off before. Oh, 100%. You just, yeah, like, you just remember everyone. I just, it's incredible. I, I, I love people. And yeah. I, re- I remember the good ones. And there are a lot of good ones out there. Yeah. So uh, I remember I was in. It was, a, it was like a volleyball handball class, like combo package. And uh, she had just randomly said the name of muscle and was like, this is the origin. This is like the attachment for the muscle. And I was so kind of like taken aback by it. I was like, wow, she knows a lot of stuff. Like, this is pretty awesome. So afterwards I was like, hey, can you, can you tell me like more muscles? And she was like, I'll tell you what, every class you come in, I'll give you another muscle, origin attachment, hmm. origin insertion and action. And I was like, all right, dope. Like I got this, no problem. And she, truth to her word, my entire senior year, she did the entire time. And I knew then that I was gonna go into something like college wise that was gonna lead me into that. Yeah. So college, uh, did the exercise science thing. It was actually a longer story, but I'll just abbreviate that. Did the exercise science thing, graduated with that, became a trainer for the next seven years, focusing on corrective exercise. I was doing some cool stuff on the Upper East Side, got scouted by an integrated medical center. Then I uh, did that for two years there, met a dope, dope, dope sports medical massage therapist who was really killing it named Christina. And uh, she was like, you should do this too. And I was like, you know what, I'll give it a try. So went back to school, got certified licensed. Uh, story for that one was the guy who hired me didn't want to hire me because I'm a guy. So a lot of, uh, huh. a lot of he was like, a lot of guys are, are like uncomfortable with guys touching them. And a lot of women are equally uncomfortable with guys touching them. So uh, he was like, I, I like you a lot. You've been here for two years. You've always done well. Uh, I'll give you a day. And not even a day, I'll give you like two hours on this day. And that's all I got for you. So I was like, you know what? Fair, valid, I'll take it. I had no other options at that time. So uh, did that, and that grew to a, to the entire day. And then uh, people stopped booking with the other therapists and were booking me exclusively. So they fired everybody else, kept me on as the head of salt tissue analysis and treatment for that center, did that for four years. Then I managed the spot for three years and then I opened Momentum four years ago. And that's like the full... Full, full story. That's yeah, for sure. That's that, that the full, full, full You know what's funny? Because I, I knew that you were a trainer, but I didn't know you were a trainer for seven years. Yeah, for sure. That's uh, that's my stilo. And it's funny because I've been a trainer for seven years now. Yeah. This is my seven-year mark. For sure. You need a, you need a change now. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I got I to become an LMT. That's what it. happens. Natural progression. Exactly. I think what's amazing, though, is that within that seven years, it you probably had this incredible amount of time to observe movement. 100%. Before you wanted to kind of use a lot of like applicable skills to treat movement. Yeah. Right? And, and sure. like the way that you were correct, obviously correcting movement that entire time, you got you got all this kind of diversity of movement within that seven 100%. years. 100%. Like my yeah. movement vocabulary was just like bonkers. Right. Like just like adding pages on a daily basis. Right. It's yeah. funny because like one of the things I often tell new coaches is it, a lot of your knowledge just comes from t- like the time under tension idea. It's time like, in, man. It's time. It's time it's in. Time and in. You, you, you can learn as much as you want from any book in the planet, but on the, until you get the hours in and log the hours, it's not going to be practical practical and applicable later on. Yeah. You need to see it and feel it. It needs to be a, a visceral thing. It needs to be a part of your life. Yeah. Because it's just, it's not going to make sense from a page to reality. That yeah. just, it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You'll get the concepts, but you need to be there in order to really bring it together. Yep. And some people can, some people can't. Would you say that, you know, for you, like, there's obviously a lot of crossover between being a trainer, like a, you know, obviously just trainer in a gym and the gym, someone yeah. who's doing what you do. Like, would yeah. you say that there's a lot of cross pollination between? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I can honestly say that the tra- trajectory wise, like going from exercise science to training and then, and then now to this, uh, it's definitely informed that in that I knew for a fact I wanted to go into a sports medical massage 
just because I had already had the eye in the background right. and I had already worked with so many athletes right. that it just made sense. Mm -hmm. And the best part about it was, I know corrective exercise is awesome. I know a lot of amazing physical therapists, but sometimes it takes a long time to, to, to get the results that you want. And mm -hmm. I, I know for me, New York is such a, a fast paced, instant gratification kind of place. Right. So uh, once I realized how quickly you can get some results and kind of like do a cheat code and get people to where they need to be a little faster via like the, the soft tissue mobilization stuff, mm -hmm. I, I knew that that, that, was, that was the track that I really wanted to go on. Right. I, I just left all the PT and all the corrective exercise to everyone else. I, I give tips and you know here and there, of course, because mm -hmm. that's still my background. Right. But I, I really want to focus on soft tissue and really, really make it my home. I think that immediate feedback thing is a, is a very real thing. It's huge. It's a very real thing. And would you say that, you know, that immediate feedback helps people come back with like better feedback for you? Like, does that inform like the patients that you work with? For sure. I'm, I'm really, I'm blessed in that the people that I work with are athletes mm -hmm. and athletes are, are way more in their bodies mm -hmm. than other people. Yeah. So in terms of biofeedback, like they already know when they're off, you'll right. know immediately they when you're it. off. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, I know that this was happening yesterday. I can't hinge today. This, this, I got no ankle mobility, stuff yeah. like that. That makes my job way easier. Yeah. But uh, every once in a while, I'll get someone who doesn't really have that background. Like uh, I call my cubicle cowboys, people that are just cubicle like, cowboys. you know, they get upper, lower cross syndrome, stuff like that, just yeah. from sitting down, being at a desk all day. Mm -hmm. And they, they're not in their body in the, very, in the same way. Right. So uh, for those people, I have, to, I have to be a lot more diligent about like taking them through motions right. and actually doing stuff so that we can actually get a, a better result. Huh. It's, it's interesting too, because I think a lot of the things that we've talked about on this podcast have been regarding kind of the evolution of the athlete mm -hmm. and the idea of what athletes are today and how aware they are of their own bodies. Yep. And I play college sports and I talk about in, in one of our previous episodes about like my inability to treat certain injuries because I had this fear of not playing because of an injury, right? Like a lot, there's gotcha. this, this barrier to entry to treatment and there's this barrier to entry for a lot of athletes. Yeah, for sure. It's but, like that, that, that action potential. Like you, you need to reach a certain threshold in order to- Exactly. To kind of get past and like a lot of people I think are kind of letting that wall break down now and seeking people like yourself out sure. a lot easier. Um, so I, I, I'd be really interested to you know, know a little bit more about the evolution of the athletes you work with because you started with more, I was running, right? Like marathon athletes and people who were doing drives so, and stuff. So the original people that I would work with was at, at that integrated medical center. So it's one of those places where it's everybody. Oh, you're seeing everyone. I'm it seeing everybody. So it wasn't, of people. it wasn't specifically that. It was more medical, medically based. And, and uh, we focused on, uh, it was all uh, disc issues. Okay. So lumbar, cervical disc issues. So a lot of like neurology type stuff, a lot of nervy stuff. Mm -hmm. And then from there, uh, of course, we've got a ton of athletes there as well. And I always knew that that's, that's the direction I wanted to go. So the place that I went to afterwards was more geared towards sports massage. Mm -hmm. So I knew I wanted to be around that kind of first before I, I kind of opened my own place. I see. Yeah. Cool. But uh, what's, great about, what's great about now as opposed to before, within the last 10 years, there's definitely been, as you, you were saying, people are a lot more curious yeah. about their bodies. And right. there's, a, there's not a, a stigma attached to going to a massage because massage doesn't mean what it used to mean. Massage used yeah. to mean like you, you know, you went to a back alley or a it parlor. Was stigmatized that exactly. Way. So it was yeah. one of those things where, uh, you know, to be a massage therapist was something that was like really frowned upon. You know what I mean? Like if you go back to Friends and like Phoebe from Friends, she was a massage therapist. Yeah. But she, uh, they also gave her the personality of what people mostly thought what a massage therapist would be. Right. Yeah. Very ethereal, kind of very up in the air, kind of not not really there the entire time. 
but that that's changed. It's a, it's a lot more of a serious thing. And uh, within the last, I want to say the last 10 years, a lot of people are coming from that fitness field, coming from that the healthcare field and really thrusting forward into, into the massage area and soft tissue. Well. Yeah. That's really that's really awesome. We talked before about this this like social media and the internet influencing the way that people see things. 100%. Like really really challenging the perception of what a field can be and is and how it exists today. I think like when I came in here a few weeks ago to see this place for the first time. Yeah. Like it That was fun. I mean like it's amazing because I think like I'm looking into a room and there's a cryo tank in there. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and for you, wild. like there's like this evolution of like this experimentation. And I think like for you, you're, you're always curious, you know, always curious. I've always loved that about you. And for you're sure. always curious into like, we just did uh, the cupping thing before. For sure. Yeah. That was new for me. Yeah. So maybe talk a little Thanks bit about, of course, of course, I didn't know what I, I <laughs> thought sure. it was going to be like heated first. Yeah, I, was, I know. I know. Fire I or what is, what is actually going to, what's happening. But my back looks like an alien back. It now, really is, does. You lost the fight with an octopus. Exactly. It's insane. But could you maybe talk about, you know, the beginning of momentum? For sure. You know, and like you started with a, a very specific set of skills coming out of what you came out of. For sure. And and how you've kind of evolved momentum over the last the, five years. The craziest thing about momentum was I knew I wanted to do, like I said, sports medical massage. I knew for a fact that's that's my background. I knew I wanted to work with that specific kind of demographic. Mm-hmm. But the best part about it is kind of how it evolved over the years. I didn't really... When I got into it, there was only one big sports massage place in the city, and that was the place that I was working for. Right. So, like, I got to manage that for three years and understand the kind of, like, the business aspect of it. So, Because I had gotten all my experience from working at the Integrated Medical Center before that, and then, of course, all the accrued knowledge from training. Right. But I needed the business know-how in order to create a business, right. especially the business of massage, which is very different. Right. Uh, but the best part about there not being a basis for it is that it's the wild, wild west. So you just, I took everything that I can take from any other field that I can possibly think of and be like, all right, let's try this. Let's right. see how it goes. Like I know, as far as I know, I'm the first place in New York to actually sponsor teams. Hmm. Cause I was like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I do sports therapy in particular and why not? Let me, let me throw my logo on an athlete and, uh, and, and support towards that. So I think the the best part about that was just kind of picking from different industries Using that, like I went the apparel route. I got a whole bunch of apparel for this stuff as well, which is crazy. And uh, just getting people excited about the brand, understanding that it is a brand and that there's a lot of things that kind of, and you can't just do one thing as a brand. You need to constantly evolve and try new things. So that started off with just my hands. (laughs) And then from the hands, I was like, all right, cool. Let me, let me start doing the iSIM stuff, the instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization. So that's like, yeah, the Agrastin, which most people know about. And Agrastin was just kind of like a, a bastardized version or westernized version. I should say bastardized version of a gua sha that comes out of acupuncture. Hmm. And they use it for different reasons. You know, they would use like a buffalo horn or jade or something like that. Then you have Graston who took it and made it a Western concept and created a whole technique behind it. Huh. And then uh, then people taking that that much further, which is pretty awesome. Or or uh, the advent of ART, active release technique, which is just pin and stretch if you really huh. think about it, which is like one of the oldest massage techniques ever created. But uh, the guy who created it was smart enough to create a protocol around it, the chiropractor. And now it's like, it's one of the biggest soft tissue mobilization techniques like right. in the world. Learnable, repeatable, Exactly. Applicable. It's one of those things where yeah. I get a lot of people just like come up to different places, be like, do you do ART? Hmm. Like, I don't know anything about mobilization. I don't know anything about massage or this, but I know ART is a thing and I know that it does work. You know what I mean? Right. So uh, I, I knew that that was something that I could do as well. And then later on, 
uh, finding cupping, which is which is really awesome. I don't use it the same way that a lot of like I was, I was trying to describe before acupuncturists do. Whereas uh, with heat, like with the heat on so the thing, yeah, exactly. So 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 my cups are are purely suction based. Like I have an apparatus that I stick into the cup, and I and I and it kind of I create the vacuum within. Uh, I like that a lot better because I can kind of increase the amount of therapeutic response with it in that uh, it's very inconsistent when you use heat because you have to light a match underneath and that creates uh, that kind of pressure vacuum on the inside. It's kind of and up sometimes, to whatever happens. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, so that one day you're like, I'm lucky. I got them all, you know? Right. Uh, whereas this sort of could be very consistent. You know, if it's too much pressure on one, I could relieve pressure and kind of like mix and match to to, to kind of create the, the best possible outcome for my client, which mm. is pretty awesome. And then uh, the most recent, which is the the, the cryotherapy, yeah. which is awesome. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you know, I get I get people that either love it or hate it. You know, there's people that, you know, you get the hormetic response and that you'll get that endor- endorphin push, which is pretty awesome. So you feel like you're on cloud nine, like like a little high afterwards, which is pretty awesome. And that lasts hours, like hours mm-hmm. afterwards. But uh, the biggest thing is is the decrease in soreness that a lot of people experience after coming out of it, which is pretty awesome. Like having people like going from like a hard run, tough workout, something like that, uh, going in, doing it max three minutes, coming out and being like touching their toes and being like, yeah, uh, I'm not sore anymore. Right. Like I don't feel that at all. That, which is, is that pretty immediate kick-ass. feedback. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. It's, well, like, is it, it's so New York, bro. Yeah. And uh, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, so like, it's, oh, I'm, I'm trying to legit do everything New York based. And yeah. New York people, they don't, they don't have time to mess around, dude. No. Exactly. Absolutely not. Speed is a theme. A hundred percent. Get, get me ready and let me crush stuff. Yeah. Exactly. And like, I mean, for you, like, we just did a session that took an hour. Yeah. And it felt like twenty minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. It passed by quick. You know, yeah. it, it's crazy. Like, sure. you know, for you, like, how do you base those those like time limits? You know, like, and that's that's mostly just like a personal like. I'm just curious. Like, you have a thirty minute window that you can offer you do an hour like, yeah i do i do everything from an hour to two hours and i go up in 15 minutes increments 15 in minute between. increments that's what it was uh yeah for sure um the most the hot sellers <laughs> are typically 60 minutes and 90 minutes are typically what most people get okay uh my 30 minute people are people that come in and they want something very specific okay. like dude i got this one spot i know it's this i know it's not any of this other stuff i don't ha- i don't have i don't have time to address the compensatory stuff i need to compete Right. You know, I need to train or I need to do this. So I like, sure, later on I'll come back and I'll get all this stuff balanced out, but I need to get out of pain this very instant. Like 30 minutes, it's great for that. Yeah. Uh, whereas, so you start to get into the hour, hour and a half, I could be a little more global because, you know, mo- most injury isn't just isn't just that one spot that you feel it in. Right. It's a, we're, we're a whole body and it takes a, it takes a whole body to mess up for you to, for you to actually feel something. We were talking before about uh, limited ranges of motions. And how motion always has to come from somewhere. So if you're limited in your ankle in terms of dorsiflexion plants or whatever the case may be, it's going to travel up the kinetic chain into your knee, into your hip. If that gets locked out, now we have some more like sacralization, like uh, SI joint stuff, yep. going to lumbar spine. It'll go right up the kinetic chain. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful part is, or the messed up part for some people is that due to limb left discrepancies, everybody's a bit different. So it's going to manifest differently in everyone. And that's the interesting part about my work is that you'll have three people come in with the exact same condition, exact hmm. same spot, and I have to do a different treatment for all three people. Interesting. That is the funnest part of my job. The physiological response for each of those people independently Completely is different. Because their yeah. morphology is different. Right. They're just differently They're differently shaped. They hmm. have different backgrounds. They're going to heal at different rates depending on what their background was, depending on where they are currently. Right. It's just, it's 
for for me that's where that's the fun yeah that's the fun yeah and it's like that it's the idea of like the you know like the phenotypic expression thing yeah for sure about the swim meet where at the end yeah, like legit. the last yeah, 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 yeah. Heat, everyone is the same body i love yeah, that idea sure, because yeah. like you're you know you see all these different athletes and and part of like the questions that i have where yeah. you probably see a lot of the same issues in certain sports right yeah. you're you know you do sports massage so i think like i was going to ask you know we have a crossfit this is a crossfit gym right yeah 100 like we this is the union strong podcast like people are listening who are doing functional fitness and crossword yeah. word <laughs> exactly right so like i got started in union square that's why that's 100%. why that's, that's why, why i know, know you guys yeah, exactly. so i think like you know for a lot of the people at the gym like they're wondering you know what they can do and i, I was going to ask you if there sure. are commonalities in some of the more functional fitness athletes that you work for with sure uh, yeah. for sure in terms of in terms of crossfitting a lot of the overhead movement stuff uh, a lot of people just don't have the capacity to go overhead, hmm. and that could that could be and force it exactly. Yeah. Well, you'll you'll see a host of different things where you know throwing that head forward or trying to they'll start to mess around with where their hips are in relation to where where their hips are in relation to like where the thoracic is, yeah. so they could change their center of gravity, yeah. or they'll just try to like thrust their rib cage forward in order to like really get like the the uh, the supposed overhead movement, which isn't actually overhead. Like if you put them in a in a proper position, they'll be like sixty degrees in front of their actual body yeah but when you really try to force an overhead movement like that you're really just gonna end up wrecking your shoulder girdle which is what i see a lot of for for crossfitters in particular it's, it's typically shoulder issues or wrist issues mm. more than anything else believe it or not i rarely get lower back stuff for for crossfitters so i, I you guys an anomaly today with <laughs> yours truly <laughs> no i mean I, I'll, I'll get stuff because you know people people have their their <laughs> They'll have their actual background, you know, like uh, like like you did the lacrosse stuff. You, like yeah. you have a history leading up to that, and yeah. that history is what's going to predispose you to different right. to different conditions going right. in. Yeah, right. for sure. But it's typically the overhead stuff that I that I see a lot of the time. So uh, that could either be postural in nature. Uh, you know, if you you sit at a desk for like you know eight to twelve hours at a time, uh, if you're not really conscious of exactly what you're doing then you'll, you'll, you'll look at your screen and your, your nose will be two inches away from it mm. and you you don't even realize so you know. that you're doing that because you're, you're so like interested. probably this distance and it's just exactly like even as we're talking here i'm closer to the mic than i was when i first started yeah because it's one of those things you kind of lean into it you kind of right. think yeah right it's it's such an organic experience and, and it's it's not really hitting that kind of higher mental function for you to be like holy shit let me let me go back all right cool let me get my core nice and tight you know yeah. let me make sure my hips are stacked underneath me stuff like that and a lot of people probably have those aha moments when they come to you oh like, holy shit 100%. like my back is doing specific things and like one thing i really like about your sessions is you spend that first couple minutes asking us 100%. what's going on actually let, let's 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 talk about that cuz for yeah. for me i do i do it a bit differently than okay. a lot of other people do uh, like if you go to other sports therapists or you go to like even a physical therapist, they'll take you through a range of different motions, hmm. and uh, which is which is dope. You should do that for someone if if, you, if you're suspecting that it's it's something a little more insidious and it goes down to kinetic chain a lot more. I like to keep uh, for the most part. Uh, I'll I'll definitely do that if I suspect that it's something a little more insidious. But uh, for the most part, what I like to do is. I usually tell people as soon as they come in. Actually, I'm, I'm giving my secrets away, so when they come in, they're not going to do it now. But uh, I usually tell people when they come in to leave to put their stuff on top of the chair. That way, it kind of forces them to stand when they're talking to me, 
and they're going through this. And usually when people are talking, they're at their most kind of at ease because it's an organic experience. Yeah. And that's when they're they're truest in terms of what's yep. happening posturally. We have talked – yeah, we've talked about this before. For sure. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. it's kind of like a Jedi mind trick where I'm just like, okay, the way they're standing right now as they're talking to me is the same way that they'll stand and interact with their environment outside of this capacity 100%. for where we are now. So then that's when I'm like, okay, cool. They got a, they got a lot of pronation on that one side. They're leaning hard into that left hip or that shoulder's coming up super high, super pro attracted like there's there's a lot of different things or like their heads migrating hips are stacked very awkwardly or uh you'll notice that they're just holding on to breath and they don't even realize they're holding on to breath the mm. entire time as they're speaking right so small things like small cues like that that'll inform me in addition to what they're actually telling me in that moment in terms of their background why they're here what brought them here yep. what they're experiencing right so i i like to really kind of put it all together and i can attribute that definitely to my background, like years of just like looking at people interact with their environment and understanding the relationship between uh, between uh, different joints and, and and proprioceptively where they'll be. Right. Yeah. And and what's I think really important to mention too is the more you work with people, like the easier it is to break those things down. Because w when I was talking to you about a client that you work with very consistently, yeah. One of the first things you said about that client was, "I know their body." Yeah, I know their body, and I think like that's a really important note to make is because you you kind of have this this aggregate of knowledge when it comes to your athletes. For sure, that time to time you kind of know what to expect. Like, so you get me, you know that I have tight hips. You, know that, you know that I have exactly. like that antalgic tilt. Exactly, antalgic tilt. You kind of know what to expect, For and sure. like from there, like you your perspective of what your hour is going to look like. Yeah, it's very different from client to client, but yeah. I but I kind of already conceptualize it. Right, knowing the client. Right, that's what's great about about maintenance work. Right. And I feel like a lot of people, I, of course I get a lot of people who are just like, holy shit, I broke my stuff and that's why I'm here. Fix I'm, me, David. I am broken. Exactly. Save I, me. I am broken. Yeah. Be the fixer of the broken. <laughs> and uh, that's cool. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm always down to work with somebody who's in pain. Like that's, the re that's one of the reasons why I got in this, to give people something back that they felt like they've lost. Like I had that lung issue. Mm. I didn't like being on the sidelines knowing that I could be out there crushing it you right. know so like to be a person crushing it and then all of a sudden not be and to look at like be on the sidelines it's right. it's it's a dehumanizing experience for a lot of athletes where they're just like i don't even know who i am right, right now you know but uh it's a great experience to be able to help people kind of kind of get through that and like get to reclaim those things exactly they, it's and it's funny because I, you know as an athlete growing up i played sports my entire life there was always a point in my life where i was i felt like i was at like peak performance oh yeah for you know? sure and i yeah, feel i call that i, I call that the the glory years or the, the golden glory years, years. I, no, actually i call them the, the 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 years of immortality yeah they were nothing you, you could you could jump you off could a do, second story it. building and like, like i was so strong that year I was so fast that year my exactly. stamina was great like uh, 100%. my lungs were, were good like you know, how do you kind of help people feel like they can get back to that point and like reclaim some of that glory that they feel like they've lost? Because people, it'll come back in spurts, right? And yeah. that's, that's the, that's it's when like these people, crazy waves. that's when people get hurt though. Right. Cause the people are like, you know what? I'm feeling legit today. You know, mm -hmm. let, let me, let me throw some, some more kilos on this bad boy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's feeling good. Everybody's done that. You know what I mean? You're doing squats that day, going for a couple reps. You're like, you know what? That's feeling kind of sweet. Mm -hmm. It's feeling really sweet. Throwing, you know, throwing, let me throw another one on there. Yep. You know what? This is still feeling pretty sweet. Yep. Let me do a little on there. All right, shit, I'm broken. Like that's legit how it that's happens it. every single time because you get cocky. Right. So uh, I think the, the biggest thing is staying ahead of the curve and knowing where, where you're typically going to get hurt. 
Like if I typically like like you have the left hip slash QL kind of issue that leads to like the functional scoliosis stuff, which is all functional. You don't you don't have a structural one. It's just what happens when you start to get that antalgic tilt, you right. know. So uh, knowing that that's what's going to happen for someone like you, you know, maybe I should floss my left hip out a little more, knowing that I have the propensity to get that jammed up. Right. Or if I know for a fact that I my, my rib cage has a tendency to do a little bit of lean to the opposite side, let me see where I am before I go under a bar. Mm -hmm. Let me do a couple reps straight bar and right. see where I land. Or let me do a couple reps straight bar and record it and see where I'm actually at. Because I know I'm gonna feel like I'm pinned straight. I'm gonna look at myself and be like, holy shit, Different I am story. three inches off to the left anytime I go down under yeah. the bar. You know, yeah. So it's about uh, you know knowing thyself, <laughs> know thyself, and, and 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 staying ahead of it. Yeah. You know, so and that's what's great about getting back to what we were saying before with the maintenance work. I get to see people on a continuous basis, and that makes me a lot more efficient. In that, I get to know your body a bit better. I get to know what's happening. I get to follow themes that your body that your body goes through, 100%. which is pretty awesome. Because then I could be like, you know, last year this time you came to me with the exact same issue. Right. Like this happened at this time. Hmm. You know what I mean? And that's when they'd be like, holy shit, it was the open. Right. You know what I mean? I get cocky during the open and, and I'm I'm really trying I'm trying to beat numbers. I'm trying year. to I'm trying to stack up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to throw everything up. I did up the repeats. I did the redo. Did the repeats exactly. Yeah, I did that one three times. That was it. That was my cocky day. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like three times. Sure. And you people know what do I mean? It. People definitely do it. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's at that point, it's not your body. It's your mind telling you to do that. Right. It's just you get you get addicted, you get competitive, mm -hmm. and it's hard not to be, but you have to be smarter than that. You have to realize, you know what? My body could probably handle this, but neurologically, nervous system-wise, I blew that out the first time I did it. Right. So when I get under that bar, I'm going to feel tired this time. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell myself to push past it because, of course, I worked out before. I'm going to feel tired. But neurologically, at that point, you're blown out. You're not wired to, to, to move flawlessly or even fluidly in, in any way, shape, or form. Right. Got to know when to put that bar down and be okay with it. And be okay with it. Which is hard and to do as an athlete. To be okay with it. You know, we were talking about the evolution of the athlete before. Yeah. And I think the evolution of the athlete in terms of mindfulness and in terms Huge. of how our minds work in relation to what we're doing. Yeah. That's a big one. And I think we're seeing kind of a wave of that now where people are starting to integrate mindfulness into their training. 100%. People are starting to really you know, think about the way that they're approaching their workouts and why they're approaching their workouts exactly. that way. And part of what we do at the gym is we want to educate people on, you know, the right and wrong way to have a perspective about their training routine. For sure. You know, and, it, you know, it's part of what you do too. I, I think a big chunk of that is uh, it's the generational difference. You know, like uh, before us with the boomers, you know, the, the boomers, they're not, they're not really emotional people. They hold on to a lot of themselves, you know, so in terms of like, you know, maybe I should go to like a sports psychologist and think about stuff. Maybe I should be a little bit more mindful. You know, they're the type of people that would go outside and be like, you know, it's raining. Let me hike my shoulders up because, uh, you know, it's okay. I can I can deal with I this. I can handle it. You can just deal with it. Right. And I feel like that that a lot of the athletes from like 70s, 80s, even a big chunk of the 90s, it was just like, uh, you know what? Endure the pain. Push mm -hmm. through because, you know, that's what you do as an athlete. And I feel like to a certain extent, a lot of athletes have high pain thresholds and they have an ability to override their body's nociceptive response in terms of I'm experiencing pain. Mm -hmm. And that's when a lot of them actually do get injured. Right. And and a big chunk of being an athlete is kind of taking those hits because you definitely learn from them. I'm not saying never do that because, you know, you, you really, you know, 
you can be Icarus. You can you can go for the sun, and sometimes those wings will melt, and sometimes you'll fly higher than you've ever done before, and you never know until you push yourself. Mm-hmm. But the difference is we're a lot more mindful doing it yeah. now. Now we're like, you know, now we know there's the potential for injury and we think about it a little more before doing it as opposed to before where your coach is like, get out there and make it happen. Exactly. And you're so wired mentally that you can't even like, okay, in 06, I won nationals with my partner for a ballroom dance. Mm -hmm. That was a shameless plug for myself because I'm awesome. I was going to so, <laughs> ask you about that. Don't worry. I was, I was getting there down the road. So but, I'm glad uh, that you mentioned it first. But, uh, oh my God, I shouldn't even be saying this, but it's so relevant. Do so, it. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just turned 21. So this, this 06 is a little after my birthday. And uh, so we're in Nationals. We're in California, San Jose. And uh, I'm in the hotel with my coach, who's like super old school Ukrainian guy, like super For machismo. ballroom dancing. Yeah. Yeah, so for sure. No, no, that's that's where that's where you want to be, dude. Like 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 Russia, Ukraine, Germany, like everything, Eastern Europe. That's, that's it's huge up. for ballroom over there. Okay. So he came over here, absolutely murked it. Ah. Uh, but exactly. <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, for Ukrainian, it's tuck. Oh, tuck. That. Sorry, yeah, it's tuck. But uh, so so it's da- so I just turned twenty one. He goes, David. You know, today this is uh your birthday. You're your man. We go downstairs. This is how you become man. So we go downstairs. He buys me a bottle of vodka from the bar at the hotel. He proceeds to drink two-thirds of this thing by himself. I sink down one-third, and I'm like, holy mother of shit. <laughs> it was in that moment David realized he had messed up. Yeah. So I'm walking. I'm, we're, we're struggling to get up the steps. We're having a blast. We're giggling like little girls. I twist my ankle walking up the steps to get to my room. And I can honestly say that I definitely bawled immediately afterwards because I was like, I had spent a full year to get here. Right. I just messed up. Right. And not only did I mess up my chances, but my partner who had no say in it, I just messed up her chances at nationals. Yeah. So uh, that happens. The next day, I'm the only person inside this indoor arena that has sunglasses on because I have the worst hangover ever created. Oh, God. My ankle's the size of a, a handball. <laughs> So we, we, do, we do what we do. You tape yeah. it up, like crazy compression through an ace bandage. Yep. And I'll tell you, I limped onto the dance floor. I limped off to the dance floor, but I never limped when I was actually competing. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where, like we were saying before, in that moment, you have that choice. You know, you know you're going to suffer later. You know it's something you're going to pay for. Is this worth it? Right. You know, and when you're 21 and you have your partner there, and you have your coach there that's been pushing you the entire time, and you sacrifice so much, you just kind of, you go for broke. And uh, and it, it was, it worked for us that day. Right. And then I definitely paid for it afterwards. Right. But you made but, the decision. Uh, but I made that decision in that moment. And you acknowledged that there was a decision to be made. Exactly, exactly. I was like, do I want to do this? You know, my, my partner was just like, you know what, let's go home. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, like bless her for that, that she cared enough about me to be like, you know what, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, nah, dude, like we're, we're gonna, we're let's gonna do get this it. Yeah. Let's go, we're gonna do it. Let's dance. We're gonna sashay. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna let's, dance and dance. Let's dance. That's an amazing story. Yeah, for sure. I did not know that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was my, my experience going to nationals in 06. And I think, you know, a lot of people who were athletes throughout their lives, I think now if they're not competing in anything, like, they're faced with that decision in like kind of like a day-to-day scenario. Sure. Like in CrossFit is a perfect example. Like the perfect open, example. everyone can make that decision and like they tap into that like old way. Dude, it's, like, it's cool. I've done this before. I know how to push past it. Exactly. And it's one of those things where it just, it's been in you for so long. Right. Like if you're an athlete, typically you've been an athlete for a very long time. Mm-hmm. You've been an athlete longer than you've been an adult. 
mm-hmm. you know? So when it comes to that, your default is whatever that is. Right. You know, so you're in that moment. You don't think, oh, you know, I'm I, like myself. I'm 34 years old. I'm 34 years old. I'm going to do this. My lower back's feeling a little weird. Uh, my ankle doesn't really have the range of motion I need to. I'm not thinking any of that. I'm like, holy shit. Like, say a prayer because I'm about to murk these weights. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's what you think about. Because that's what moment. you used to do. 100%. Right. Like, it's, that, it's not even a second thought sometimes. Right. Yeah, every once in a while, that, that higher brain function to kick in. And I'm like, you know what? Right. Maybe I should move. Maybe, maybe, I should, dope. <laughs> maybe I should open up a little bit before I jump exactly. on this. Possibly. Uh, Crack the neck twice and go for it. <laughs> as you've done this so much like you see so many different people sure. day to day like is there anything that you've kind of globally learned about athletics now where we are in time like how athletes approach you know training and things mm-hmm. like that that you that you want to talk about or have we covered a lot already I feel like athletes care more about themselves now yeah. which is nice that's I mean that's I think why a lot of us come here you for know, sure we, well 100% we care like we're making exactly. that decision on the other end of it yeah to say like this, you know, a lot of the things that I'm experiencing, like there are people out there who can fix this and help for me with sure. this. Uh, oh, actually, there is something I would really, really, really like to talk talk about. It's uh, if you're going to go see a massage therapist in particular for soft tissue work, um, there's going to be a lot of people out there that say they do sports massage. And I'm pretty sure everybody, like everybody listening right now, has gone to someone that claimed to be a sports massage therapist hmm. And just was just like a glorified moisturizer. Like they just lotioned you up and didn't really and do dug much. their knuckles into your back. Exactly. Yeah. Barely. You know what I mean? And they're just like, there you go. I hope you feel great. You know what I mean? Uh, so uh, if, if you're going to go to a sports therapist, I, I would definitely recommend doing even a little bit of research mm-hmm. on the person before. Look at their background. See where they're coming from. A lot of times it'll just it'll tell you whether it's even worth it or not, because if you go to if if you go a lot of people who do fake Yelp reviews and stuff like do they do fake Google reviews they just ask their friends to kind of like propagate that stuff yeah so look at their background see where they're coming from call them uh, or email them you know pick their brains really quickly yeah you know uh, a lot of times within like five minutes of talking to a therapist you'll know whether they're full of crap or not yep. You know, if they, if they just throw a lot of big words at you and a lot of those words don't make sense, <laughs> then, uh, yeah, they're probably full then of shit. Full of shit. Exactly. hundred yeah. percent. So that's I, th- really I think that's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, cause I've seen a lot of that and I've seen a lot of people come in here that have just like, they're at the end of that road where they're just like, I just went to 10 different therapists. Hmm. You're 11 and I hope you're different. And I hope. Exactly. Yeah. You We've know? talked about people like that. Yeah. Interesting. Last thing. Let's do it. Where can people find you? Give yourself a little bit of a plug. Tell people kind of like where you are, you know, where they can find you online, social media, all that stuff. I think For that's, sure. That's, that's a good way, I think, to cap things off. Yeah, that, sound, yeah. that, that sounds good. Uh, Roll if, out the red carpet. Exactly. If you yeah. want to find me on Instagram, I'm at Momentum Sports Recovery. Uh, I used to be in Union Square, which is where I met all you guys, but now I'm in Gowanus, Brooklyn. Uh, find out 7 DeGraw. Uh, MomentumSportsRecovery.com Check it out It has all my background info It has all my rates I literally work Six days a week Monday through Friday 12 to 7.15 And Saturdays I work 8am To about 3 to 5 Depending And Because I love you people I even sometimes Work on Sundays If somebody's broken I really want to fix them And I can't help it Perfect Thanks Dave Dude Anytime You're the man Pleasure Thank you.